0: Would you like predictable monthly income with annual returns up to 15% or more? Norada Capital Management offers you the opportunity to invest in promissory notes with fixed rates of return and monthly direct deposits. We provide investors with an effortless way to diversify beyond other investment options like stocks and bonds and even real estate. Our promissory notes have a high rate of return and are 100% passive. Interest is paid monthly, directly into your account, delivering truly effortless income. Many other passive investments offer rates of return in the 4% to 6% range. Our promissory notes have delivered fixed rates of return in the double digits since conception. All notes are in good standing, and Norada has a no-default history and reputation. And retirement accounts, such as self-directed IRAs and Roth IRAs, also qualify for this investment. So if you're looking for an effortless investment with predictable monthly income and double-digit returns, then visit our website at noradacapital.com. Learn more at noradacapital.com today. Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing, the show where busy people like you learn how to build substantial passive income while creating wealth for the
1: long term. And now, here's your host, Marco Santarelli.
0: Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Marco Santarelli. You know, it's time to do a market spotlight. We haven't done one in months, and I figured we should start spotlighting all the markets that we're in. And So today we're going to start with one of my favorite. It's Jacksonville, Florida. And Jacksonville is a very large coastal city located in the northeast corner of Florida. And unlike some cities, what I like about Jacksonville is it's mainly a white and blue color type of market. So Instead, you know, the most prevalent occupations for people in Jacksonville I have found are a mix of both white and blue collar type jobs. But overall, Jacksonville is a city of sales and office workers, professionals and service providers. And it's really one of the reasons why I like that market so much. But with me today is Jim. He's one of our trusted local property partners down there. And he's going to be able to get into the weeds with. You know, all this stuff that I'm talking about and what I've been looking at in the Jacksonville market. So, with that, welcome to the show, Jim.
1: Thanks, Marco. Good to be here.
0: Well, it's great to have you back on. I got a little excited there talking about Jacksonville because I got thinking about all the things that are going on there and why the city's growing and why it's such a vibrant, energetic, growing city. But I'm going to leave that for you to share. Why don't we start off by talking about the market? You know, I kind of started to get into this, but the last time I checked, as I recall, and you correct me on this, Jacksonville, being a very large coastal city, had a population or has a population of close to a million people. I think it was over 900,000 the last time I checked. So tell us about the market. Why do you like the Jacksonville market?
1: Yeah, I've been here full-time for 15 years, and the Jacksonville market brought me from where I was originally in California here 15 years ago, Because it was something that you don't normally hear together, Marco, and that's an affordable coastal city. Those words don't normally go together. And Jacksonville had an affordability index that was very, very healthy. You know, basically, and people are wondering that's what's the average salary compared to the average price of a home? And we had a very healthy equilibrium there which you don't normally find in large coastal cities, especially one with Jacksonville with such a diverse economy. So what originally brought me here was that inexpensive housing with high rents and being so affordable, there's a large population influx happening right here. So there's about 75 families a day moving to Jacksonville because of that affordable coastal lifestyle and the amount of job source. And that's what originally attracted me here and still continues to be my most exciting projects here in Jacksonville.
0: So how big is the population? Is it, is it close to a million now or is it still? Well,
1: If if you go into greater Jacksonville area, you're going well over a million. You're going at about 1.2. So it has grown tremendously in the last few years. And then going into greater Jacksonville areas, you know, the counties just on the outskirts and things, you're going into about 1.2 million.
0: Okay, so what's the story with Jacksonville? Every market has a story. It really answers the question of why invest in the Jacksonville market?
1: Yeah, well, like you kind of hit on, a lot of areas like in far South Florida can be good, but they're really based on like real estate, construction, and tourism. And those two things are great and they're here, but this has a much more diverse economy with nine um, universities, 11 hospitals, and it also has the port industry here. It has the military, it has a tech industry, a banking industry. The logistics industry, meaning we're the only spot in America where I-10, which goes from California to Florida, and then I-95, which goes from Miami to Maine, intersect. So we're a logistics capital for trucking, for trains. CSX, the largest train company in the US, is located their headquarters here. So there's just a diverse economy. And when you have that many diverse economies and jobs, usually wages are higher and that allows rents to be higher but for some reason which i honestly i can't explain marco when you look at all the other areas like when i left california in 2005 and came here that was a time when the markets were very high all over but by far jacksonville was the most affordable large coastal city in the nation and me loving to be by the water and warm and i'm a surfer and i like to go to the beach with my family i just found that really intriguing so that continues to grow in a lot of areas in jacksonville now we're not even back to peak pricing. There's other markets, you know, peak pricing meaning what were things selling for in 2005? And that's surpassed in lots of markets by now. We're past peak pricing. But here in Jacksonville, we're actually below peak pricing in some areas, which shows to me we've had a healthy recline to get back to where we should be.
0: Right, no, I agree. So, you know, high tech is huge there. Medical is probably one of your largest employers, you know, I think there's over 100,000 jobs in Jacksonville that are tied to the medical industry by itself. And then, of course, you mentioned military. And it's a major logistics hub. And the last time we spoke, I remember you talking about this major port expansion that was going on. Can you maybe update us on what is going on with the port expansion?
1: Yeah, that's still happening. The port expansion is going on. Uh, Matsui, one of the big people, I've come here along with Hajin. They're out of South Korea. So we're, we're usually ranking right around two or three on the East Coast for the port expansion. So we are still growing in the port industry. And the thing I like about the port, Marco, is it has job source where it's, there's, there's really high-paying blue-collar jobs. And when it supplies these higher blue-collar jobs with high salaries or hourly rates, again, it affords them to be able to afford good rent. So the port continues to grow. Again, the, the, the Navy has a big presence here with Mayport as well. But that's just one aspect of the economy. But it is a multi-billion dollar industry here in Jacksonville.
0: So you must be seeing property values rise because I know I am. I track over 400 markets. Are you seeing rent growth keep in lockstep with that? Or are you seeing rent growth tailing behind the price growth?
1: I've seen price growth come back, depending on the, you know, from the REO market, uh, definitely gone up. That's why we've gone to more of a new construction model. And rents have lagged a little behind. So that's kind of to our favor because when you're getting into a property, I think the values have gone up, but are still solid and have good return on investment. But the rents have lagged a little behind. But I look forward to that because that means I think we're still having some more wind at our back to keep the rents starting to accelerate more in the future.
0: And as far as population growth, you guys are measurably seeing population growth there. It's not that it's people are moving out and in.
1: Yeah, Fishman and Kind did a report uh, just in the last few years, a group here, and they were saying there was about 75 families a day moving to the greater Jacksonville area.
0: Okay. And that sounds like it's a net number. Yes. Okay, right on. So, you know, I mentioned that I track over 400 markets. Currently, Jacksonville ranks in the top 25%. It's actually on the 76th percentile or 76th position on that chart or that list. So what that tells us is that there's still a lot of momentum, although what we've seen over the last year or two is that momentum has slowed down a bit, but it's still very strong and the market as a whole is still in a wealth phase. So it's a great opportunity, still is a great opportunity to get into the market and take advantage of that momentum that's going on, which you know, builds equity through appreciation, not just the amortization of a loan. And that actually started around mid-2012. So it's yeah, still a great market. Yeah. You know, It's got a lot of growth.
1: For sure, for sure. And we're, we're still seeing it. Again, I think the things that are, again, driving this that have been kind of made Jacksonville sleepy for a long time, we were kind of the little brother to Tampa and Orlando and Miami but now with these huge amount of in source coming here and, and that affordability index, we're starting to get a lot, a lot more attention where people who like something different from South Florida and maybe wanted to kind of move more to the Carolinas, they still get that feel here around Jacksonville. And that's been to our advantage. Now, the, the thing that I know a lot of people are liking as well, where a lot of Northeastern investors or, or West Coast investors are coming to us is there's no state income tax. So we have a ton of baby boomers moving here with a lot of extra income that they're looking to spend. There's no state income tax here on properties, which is great. And there's also friendly landlord laws, uh, especially Duval County is you know very uh, I don't want to say pro landlord Marco, but they're very fair to landlords, and that's something you want when you're when you're owning a property. Because again, I invested in California for years before coming here, and it's a tough situation to be in where a landlord. Is kind of a bad guy. And I don't want to be a bad guy, especially when I provide a good property. I want to be able to make sure we can insure our rents. And if someone's not paying, then we can take appropriate action.
0: Yeah, I, I don't like real estate investors being cast in a negative light in some of the states where they're like you would label them the bad guy. We're not. You know, we provide great housing, affordable, safe, clean, functional housing for so many people. And At the end of the day, your tenant is your customer. So we're really running a business and providing value and, you know, making a return and in return for that. But yeah, I mean, I, I love Florida for those reasons. You know, the tenant landlord laws are favorable, the low to no tax state property taxes are not very high. You know, that's a favorable thing. There's just a lot of good things going on there. Your business gets to a certain size and the cracks start to emerge. Things you used to do in a day are taking a week. You have too many manual processes. You don't have one source of truth. If this is you, you should know these three numbers 37,000, 25, and 1. 37,000. That's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And one, because your business is one of a kind, so you get a customized solution for all your KPIs, that's your key performance indicators, in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow all in one place. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance, absolutely free at netsuite.com slash estate. That's netsuite.com slash estate to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash realestate. Let's talk about the economy for a minute here. You know, I, I looked at a report recently from an organization called Elevate Northeast Florida. So it's more of a regional type of publication and they were saying that the seven counties that make up the greater jacksonville area can realistically aspire and i'm quoting the realistically aspire piece to becoming one of the highest performing economies in the country and they're projecting that to happen over the next 5 years so that actually says a lot because that just means that there's going to continue to be jobs and more importantly even job growth which will keep driving the real estate market there so From where you sit being boots on the ground, what is the economy like? What are you seeing? And who are some of the major employers down there?
1: Yeah, again, I'm seeing what I like about Jacksonville. Again, I used to buy some property down south near Kennedy Space Center, but it was a little town. And the only thing there was the Space Center. And when the Space Center had cuts, holy cow, did you feel it with rents and vacancies and this and that? It it was really quite profound to watch the tie-ins together. What I like about Jacksonville is that diversity, like we talked about. The tech industry is huge here. Again, the trains are doing phenomenal right now with shipping and logistics. So uh, CSX is a major employer here. The military is a major employer. The port industries with Matsui and Hajin are major. So they're all in different sectors. So let's say if tech is doing bad, all of a sudden, you know, there was a tech bubble like 1999. That will affect us, but it's not our only industry and vice versa. So I'm just seeing a lot of diversity. And also the university and hospitals are doing well. A lot of people might not know, but the Mayo Clinic is here. So one of two Mayo Clinics in the US, and everyone follows the Mayo Clinic when it comes to cutting edge surgeries and health advancements. So normally, there'll be others around them wanting to be close. And so the Mayo Clinic really heads the charge on so many things. And by having that healthcare here, when baby boomers are, are migrating from like the Northeast where I grew up and coming down here, they're looking more at this affordable area where it has a little bit of season change opposed to South Florida and the medical care here is second to none. So all these things kind of influence in a combination. That's why I really get excited about Jacksonville, you know, where I, where I was in, in California, it was Bakersfield, California. It was all agriculture and oil. And those can be very strong markets, but if those two things, if one of those two had a bad year, you would feel it. And here, there's just, again, so much diversity that in what is driving our market, it gives us a little more steady.
0: Okay, great. So, you know, no market is static. Things kind of ebb and flow, and you have to adapt. What we're seeing in so many markets around the country is inventory tightening up. We're not getting as much of a certain type of product as we would like, and sometimes not the amount of volume we would like. And, you know, even with how great Jacksonville is doing, I'm sure things have been shifting there. And I know we've talked a little bit about this off air, but, you know, let's talk about the areas, how that may have changed in terms of the areas within Jacksonville that, that we're investing in or providing inventory in and the types of deals, because I know that there has been kind of a squeeze or tightening on the turnkey type inventory and this overall trend, not just in Jacksonville, but nationwide towards a build-to-rent model, which is essentially new construction. So why don't we talk about the neighborhoods first, the types of neighborhoods that we are building and offering these products in, and then we can talk more about the properties.
1: Yeah. So we're, we are going to a new construction model and did about four to five years ago, and I can name the reasons why. We are basically doing A, properties, in B, neighborhoods. And our focus is single family homes, duplexes, and quads, because we found investors like a diversity of the single family for more growth and then the duplexes and quads for higher cash flow. And there's a demand for them again with that population influx coming in. I wore my badge of honor, Marco. As you know, I went into this full-time 21 years ago. And I was always a rehabber. I always started rehabbing HUD foreclosures and bank foreclosures. That was my focus. So when the bottom pulled out in 09. I mean, 2008 and then in 09, that's when things started to really be open to inventory. That was a great time to be doing what I had always done, working with bank REOs and buying them and fixing them and keeping them for myself or working with investors. But about 5 years ago, you really started to see that market drying up. You heard about this shadow inventory, but we didn't see it in Jacksonville. And those deals have pretty much dried up. And the few fixer-uppers that come out from the bank or some other source... Their price points are so high to be able to get them fixed the right way for myself or investors is really tough. So I had to kind of, you ever read that book, Who Moved My Cheese? My cheese had moved. And with a building building about five years ago, I said, the new construction, there's a need for this housing. We've been on a hiatus from building for so many years because of the meltdown. There's a demand. The bigger builders who we wouldn't want to compete with, they're really not building anything less than 220,000 for the most part, because they need those bigger spreads and those bigger numbers. So we started to look at doing single-family homes between about 150 and 190,000. And then also for the duplexes and quads, the price per square units were even lower, and the big builders don't build those anyway. So that became our, our point of focus. And it was a very good decision because what I've seen, again, I have a lot of classic turnkeys and they can be great investments, absolutely. But what I found now going into new construction, I'm able to get usually a longer-term tenant who stays for longer, much less maintenance and repairs. We're able to control the inventory and where we're getting it in already established neighborhoods we're building, buying infill lots and just little sections where there's a lot of home owner-occupied people in there. So it just has been a good switch. It was different because, again, rehabbing homes is very different than building. But now going into about our fifth year of this, we're really excited we got on this because we were the one of the first to do it. And it's proven to be such a safer, more predictable, more statistical positioning for ourselves and our people.
0: Yeah, it says a lot when you can say that inventory has become tight in the state of Florida because Florida is a judicial foreclosure state. So, it's the slowest and one of the last states in the country to get rid of their pent up foreclosure inventory. You know, states like uh, California, as an example, where it's, you know, you have deeds of trust and a foreclosure can literally happen in less than six months. I mean, you have three notices when you're in default. But if Florida is out of inventory, foreclosure inventory, that means that inventory is going to be dry pretty much all around the country. So, you have to pivot. People
1: ask Marco too, if, are you afraid of the next crash? And I'd say, you can never predict the crash. You look for return on investment. But one thing that's encouraging for, I think it was the years between 2010 and 2013, like through those four years, there was an obscene amount of properties in the markets that submarkets we focus on in Jacksonville where it was all cash buyers, because there was just a lot of people coming out of more expensive areas of the Northeast or California. So there's not a lot of leverage in the market, which makes me feel really good. When the crash was happening, there was a lot of leverage. You know, people getting 100% financing. Now a lot of the properties are owned free and clear cash. So that gives a real stabilization to the market, which gave us even more encouragement to be able to start going into new construction homes.
0: Right, right. I love that. Okay, so we're building single families, duplexes, fourplexes, all new construction. You talked a little bit about the price range. Can you kind of expand a little bit on that in terms of what the price ranges are on the single families and maybe even the quads and how that compares to the rents that those are generating each month?
1: Yeah, so single family homes in Jacksonville were usually building between the 160s and the 190s. That's our $30,000 range that we stick into and rents are not going to be quite 1%, they're going to be a little bit below the 1%, but again, for what we're seeing from giving the people a 210 warranty, and having longer-term tenancy, the numbers are coming out really well for that. And then the same thing with the duplexes and quads. Those are going to yield a little bit higher, closer to the 1%. But again, we have to sacrifice a little bit for new construction and those longer warranties to be able to get that. But that, again, has become our main focus. And we do not require the people to get a construction loan. We take on all that risk, as you know, Marco, and requested, which is very fair. So they just stepped in with a permanent loan. And the good news is when you're building in a, a growth market or you're investing in a growth market, you know, for example, with Jacksonville and Ocala, kind of our sister market out there, well, it took us on some of them almost a year to build our first round. But the surprising thing, which shouldn't have been that surprising, was they were valued about $25,000 to $30,000 more per building. And then the rents were averaging $75 more per unit than what we had estimated. And that's kind of the power that I saw of building in a growth market. It takes a little more time to get the property up to speed and closed because you're going through a building process. But with the wind at our back, there's actually things happening in growth phase before you even close on the property.
0: Yeah, And I want to add to that, it's tied into the whole concept of being in a market in a growth phase. You know, some investors get hung up on the 1% rule, quote unquote. It's not a hard and fast rule. It's really just an ideal target. It could be 1.1%. It could be 0.9 or even 0.8. And I have purchased at 0.7%. The key thing there is is the give and take or the trade-off is what you'll often find in markets that have strong momentum or strong growth is you're going to have a lower rent-to-value ratio or or rent-to-price ratio, but you are going to make it up many, many times over, more often than not, on the appreciation, the growth you're going to see over the next one, three, and five years of holding that property, just because there is so much growth and momentum, and it's just going to push the price up. Now, I don't say that as a gambler or a speculator. I don't speculate, and I don't want anybody to hear this and think, well, you know what, I'm going to invest for the hope and for the sake of appreciation, no, that's wrong. That's not why you're investing. You're investing for an immediate rate of return, but you invest intelligently and position yourself where you take advantage of that appreciation because you've got all the ducks in a row and you've got those odds stacked in your favor. So, if you've got a 0.9 or even a 0.8% RV ratio and you're in a growth market in a good neighborhood with great property or new construction property where it's very low to no maintenance, especially in the beginning, you've stacked everything in your favor to experience decent rates of return immediately, but a lot of total return from that equity growth over the next one through five years. Do you agree with me on that, or did I miss anything on that?
1: Oh no, I agree wholeheartedly. And like you said, I don't depend on appreciation, Marco, but I do my best to get in its way. And if you can get into a cash flowing property, again, like you said, where you sacrifice a little bit of cash on cash return, but it's still producing a strong cash flow, much stronger than if you were in the bank or CDs or anything like that. And you're following trends of where there's population growth, economic growth, affordability, desirability, and healthy supply and demand, like Jacksonville. I had to look back on my 20 year career, Marco, and it's been getting in the way of growth and avoiding negative cash flowing properties, but getting in the way of growth, that's where I made more of my money opposed to cash flow. There's two ways of it, I'm sure, and I know you have. You make money from cash flow and you make money from growth. You don't depend on the growth, but if you go into markets that are poised for it, you can have the best of both worlds. And when I had to look at my balance sheet of the last 20 years, equity growth made me more money than cash flow.
0: Yes. Usually that's how it works out. <laughs> but you don't bank on it. You know, you you stack them together, but you work you work it intelligently. So you have I like to call cash flow glue. If you've got cash flow, you have a glue to hold your deal together and then you grow your equity over time because it just carries itself.
1: Yeah, I agree
0: totally. So, all right, let's wrap it up with some management information here. What, I mean, we've talked about the rental market a little bit. You can add more to that if you want, but what is a typical demographic uh, client or tenant for this type of product that you're building right now? And then let's just wrap it up by talking a little bit about the management services that are tied to these properties.
1: Sure. Yeah, the ideal tenant is exactly what we were describing, kind of that higher wage blue collar family. That's the majority of the people that are renting from us. And they're, again, they're getting paid a really good wage. They can afford a good rent. So that's kind of more starter families would be our probably avatar. And it might be lower entry, white collar or, you know, high wage blue collar. That's our main person for the single family homes. You know, and people say, well, you say a lot of baby boomers were moving there. And I say, absolutely. The baby boomers aren't moving in our house, but healthcare and all the things that they're bringing in, the people that work for these businesses live in our houses, that the baby boomers are you know, creating this whole new industry, this whole new economy here for us. Because we were never a retiree town until really ranked in the last six, seven years.
0: Do you see that trend increasing? Are you getting more and more retiring baby boomers coming in, or are you seeing more of a younger crowd, be it millennials or otherwise? Because I'm not not really following the breakdown of millennials versus baby boomers, because essentially the millennials are a bigger demographic and they're replacing the baby boomers, but it's really hard for me to track where they're moving to and from.
1: Well, the Northeast is definitely attracting a lot because the taxes and just the affordability is not good. And they're moving here where they can live an incredible lifestyle close to you know, amenities and good health care. And what we're seeing, though, is this is interesting, Marco. The average age for Jacksonville is 46. So we're a young city. But Forbes, not last year, but the year before, we were ranked number four in the nation for cities for new retirees. So we we're at a 46 year that's the age average for Jacksonville, but we're also being ranked by different publications now, like Forbes, for you know the top areas for new retirees to move to. So we have a pretty double thing happening. We're we're already a younger area than you know Southwest Florida or things like that, but there are two driving forces coming here. And with having the more micro, you know, if you really want to break it down, we have a huge micro beer craft industry that's grown here that's getting some recognition. We have the tech. You know, we have anything from sections of, you know, for more younger millennials, like Murray Hill, Riverside, Avondale, St. Augustine, where it's more of a hip area. And then there's the old style country. So we, we have a very diverse role that most cities
0: don't have. Okay.
1: And with the management, like you were talking about, which other people have probably remember me saying, <laughs> when I moved from Bakersfield and, and really started to buy up properties here, Marco, this was 15 years ago, I hired and fired four property managers and that's really painful. And then I took all of our stock in-house. I was managing over 100 properties. And I like the investment part. I don't like the management part. I like to delegate that. And I ended up delegating out the management of my own personal portfolio and then our investor clients to a group that I've worked with now for years. The interesting thing too, my building partner that I went into this almost five years ago now with also owns the management company that manages my personal portfolio and works with with your network. And the reason I've really liked that, Marco, is this. I like to have someone involved who's going to be involved with the property long term. It's very much in the interest of my building partner to build the property right and with real desirability, because they're going to be managing it long term. And as we all know, managers make better money And have better businesses if they have less complaints. It's that simple, whether it's from the tenant or the owner. And with doing this new construction model and continuing to fine tune the units and the single family homes we do, it's making management so much more smooth, so much easier, and longer term tenancy. So, my management team is actually the owners who it's a father son team I've worked with for years. We started the, the property building together, they manage it. And so, they are looking long term. So there's an extra incentive to make sure they're built right.
0: Okay. So being new construction, often what happens is people have to reserve a property because it's essentially not built yet. So what's the situation here? Are these standing inventory or to be built or a combination of both? And just give us the 40,000 foot view of the process that an investor would Reserve and pick and choose a property through you know our team here and, and working with you.
1: Yeah, so if you're working with one of the coaches, they'll have access to the inventory that we have. Once in a while, there's one on demand that maybe it fell out of escrow or someone had an issue with their financing and it's ready right away. And then we have properties that are already within four to six months that obviously would fit with 30 one exchange buyers, and then we have ones that sometimes go six to 12 months. Now, the good thing is just to reserve the property to get it going. It's just a standard Florida purchase and sales agreement, and then a $7,000 deposit, which goes towards your down payment. So that's pretty much how it works. Uh, If you're in within 1031 exchange guidelines, again, we have certain properties that will close before that. Or if you're more patient and you're looking long-term, you can get into a property that will be built within the next 6 to 12 months. You're locked in at a price. You don't have any change orders. You will not have any construction loans. You just need your one permanent loan.
0: Okay. And you, have, you already have the lots, right? The inventory of lots to choose from.
1: Absolutely. Anything that we're, we're working with you on, Marco, we're already starting to build or getting final approvals of the land or preparing the land. And then we have times of when it's going to be built out. So right now, again, you know, we have properties that will be built within four months right now. And then we have ones where the projects are a little longer, and it's going to be ten months, but depending on what you're looking for, we could be able to conceive on that.
0: yeah, part of the reason I was asking the lot question is because some places like Lee County, Florida, for example, in the southwest, the builders don't hold lots they don't have that inventory. You basically pick a lot, buy and close on a lot. then the builder comes in and starts building, so you actually have to have the lot before the builder will build.
1: Oh, we own the lots so we we are constantly. You know, have our land guys out looking for them. So if anyone is talking to me about a property, we already own the lots. They've already been entitled. All that has been set up. And now we're just waiting for deposits to get approval and break ground.
0: Perfect. Great stuff. So, Jim, anything else you'd like to share with our listeners before we wrap it up here?
1: No, I just think overall, you know, everyone has different investment styles. But if you're looking for cash flow with growth, Northeast Florida has kind of become the hub for that, And if you like the idea of new construction, we're probably a good fit in that as well.
0: Beautiful. Okay, great. Well, if anyone has any questions, just contact your investment counselor and we'll certainly uh, get you all the information you need, answer all your questions. And keep in mind that not all the properties that are in the pipeline or, or available, including the lots, are uh, on the website. We just can't you know, keep up with all of that. So it's always best to talk to the investment counselor because if they have an idea of what you're looking for, it's really simple for us to contact Jim and his team and get that information right away and then out to you. And that would just help you make a better and quicker decision. So, well, Jim, thank you for coming back on the show. It's always uh, a pleasure having you on because you're just a wealth of information.
1: No problem. Great to be here. Thank you,
0: Marco. All right. With you. Hang tight. Thanks.
2: having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the U.S. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Get your free copy of The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing at noradarealestate.com guide. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com slash guide. Are you on track to achieve your financial goals? Income-producing real estate is the most historically proven way to accumulate wealth and has created more financial freedom than any other means. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best turnkey cash flow rental properties. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly income. Get your free strategy session with our knowledgeable investment counselors at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A-Realestate.com. Are you looking for a roadmap to financial freedom? If so, we have a solution for you. Norada Real Estate is offering a limited number of free strategy sessions to help you get out of the rat race. Learn how you can create wealth and build monthly passive income. To set up a time with one of our knowledgeable investment counselors, simply go to naradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. Nothing on this show should be considered specific personal or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate legal, tax, real estate, or business professional for individualized advice. For distribution or publication rights in media interviews, please contact the host.